Friday. I want to welcome each one of you here this morning. Uh, and two, we've got some, a family that's on the road this morning. I want y'all to keep them in prayer. Uh, Dale and Beverly Foster and their children are coming on their way back from Arkansas. Uh, they went up for a family reunion and uh, I think they were going to, I'm not sure if they're going to leave today or, or come back in the morning. But y'all just keep them in prayer. And those that are not here today, they, we've got a number of them. They're sick, I know, and gone and out of town. But y'all keep a prayer for them and give them a safe return and get them back in church. We miss them. And it just seems like we can never get everybody here at the same time. But, you know, God's still here, so I'm, that's good. Uh, what I'd like to do this morning, I've, I've, I put something together, and uh, I've just simply entitled it God's Promises to Us. You know, God's given us a lot of promises. And whatever promise that God has given us, He will fulfill. There's no doubt. You don't have to question it. Just know if God said He's going to do it, He will do it. It'll be in His time, not our time. Sometimes we want, God, could you please hurry up? God, could you get this done? And God said, it's not time. Sometimes things have to take place in our life. And God's watching each one of us as we walk through this life. He sees our faith. He sees our love for Him. He sees our loyalty. God knows everything about you. Every single thing there is to know, God knows it. And we ought to be striving to please God because the more we please God, the more He's going to do for you in blessings. And, uh, but I'm just, I'm going to really, I've got three main scriptures that I'm going to look at. It's in the book of Isaiah. You know, Isaiah was a very strong prophet. He heard from God. God spoke to him. And God told him when and what to prophesy. And Elijah was probably one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. Matter of fact, God thought so much of Elijah, he took him home and Elijah never saw death. He went home in a chariot of fire. There's only three people in the Bible that he talks about it that never saw death. Elijah was one of them. And uh, God had so much respect for Elijah, his faithfulness. Did Elijah ever mess up? Yes. Did God forgive him? Yes. Did God keep using it? Yes. And that goes for us too. There's times in our life we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. But God still loves you. And He still wants to, to, to do what's right in your life if we'll just let Him. We have to, too many times we want to look backwards because we got an enemy out there, like I've said time and time again, and it's so true. The enemy is the one that tries to convince you that you cannot come back to God. You've gone too far. You've done too much. God has got such a forgiving heart. We look at some of the people He has forgiven back in the Bible. And some of y'all are not near as bad as they were. So, but anyway, just know that God loves you. And uh, my scriptures are the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 1 through 3. 
Now this is a strong scriptures, and we need to listen to them. God originally gave these scriptures to Elijah for the country of Israel, but now they are also for us. They're also for us. God in his word, you know, Israel is God's chosen people. God loves Israel. Did Israel make mistakes? Yes. Did God forgive Israel? Yes. Did God punish Israel? Yes. We've, some of us, and probably all of us, have been punished from one time to the other for something that we did. And you know, sometimes punishment is necessary to make us realize that we need to make some changes in our life in order to be pleasing to others and mostly be pleasing to God. Uh, one of my first scriptures here is Isaiah 43.1, and it says, listen, this is, this is God through Elijah speaking to his people. He said, but now this says the Lord that created you, O Jacob. Wait a minute, I thought you said Israel. Well, at one time, Jacob was known as Israel. Jacob and Israel are the same. And then he, he, he said, O Jacob, that he formed you, O Israel. Now he's calling him Israel. During the Old Testament, Jacob had a wrestling match with God. He wanted to come to God, meet him head on. By the God, why is my life like it is? Why are things happening to me? Why are you not blessing me like you do others? God came to him one night. And they wrestled all night long. Now, God could have defeated Jacob at any time, any moment. But he didn't. He let Jacob go through some things. And after, after a little while, Jacob realized that I need God and what he has done in my life. God, after the wrestling match, he looked at Jacob. He said, Jacob, or he didn't say Jacob. He just looked at him and said, what is your name? What is your name? Jacob's name had a meaning. You know, back in the Old Testament, every name had a meaning. Jacob's had a meaning. It meant conniver, deceiver, nothing good. And God told Jacob, said, Jacob, daylight's breaking, you need to let me go. And Jacob looked at God and said, no, I will not let you go until you bless me. Jacob was very, was very serious. And that's when, that's when God said, what is your name? Like I said, God knew what his name was all along. He said, Jacob. He said, he's no longer Jacob. Your name is now Israel. So God changed Jacob's name to Israel. Israel simply means prince with God. So that was a closeness that, Jacob, that, that, that God brought Jacob to him. He changed Jacob's whole life in just a matter of hours. And sometimes it don't take God but just a matter of seconds. I can show you people in here right now. God spoke to them and instantaneously 
changed. They're not that same person. They're not that same person I knew. God's got his way of doing different things. But here, here he says, But now this says the Lord that created you, O Jacob, and he that formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Yeah, you've messed up, you've made some mistakes, but I have forgiven you, and I have redeemed you back unto myself. I have called you by your name. Whether you realize or not, God knows each one of you. He knows you personally. Like I said, He knows more about you than you know about yourself. God watches over you. Sometimes, you know, if I felt like one time when I was praying, that God was in there with me. And, he, and there were some things that were said. I said, and I asked him a question. I didn't always used to have a life like what I've got now. My life was out in the world for a long time. But God called me. I said, God, why did you wait so long to call me? Why didn't you do it sooner? Why didn't you do it earlier? And the response I had that come in my mind was, Bill, you simply weren't ready. You weren't ready for the change. You had to get more maturity about you. You had to get more about me in you. Oh, I'm going to place it there. But you have to have a desire for me to be inside of you and to live in you, to serve me. That desire rose up in me. And I told y'all once before, that day I got saved, that day I came to God, I went to church that morning. I'd been several times. And each time I was sitting in church, all I could do was cry. I could not understand what is happening, what is going on. God was preparing me for what he was fixing to do. About the second or third Sunday, I sat down in that chair. The music, just like what we had, just began. I could not sit still. I got up and I practically almost ran down to the front of that church. And I told that pastor, I need God in my life. We prayed. I accepted Jesus Christ. From that day on, I've never looked back. Jesus said, you weren't ready. I had to prepare you. There's a lot of people that come to church, but they're not ready. They want, they want Jesus. But they don't want to sacrifice anything. They want, and Jesus, he said, hey, I'm going to take you just like you come to me. You don't have to make any changes when, before you come to me. But he's, he is telling us, he says, one thing, you will change. You will change. And when you come to that moment in your life, when you truly want me in your life, that's when you're going to change. Not before. 
you have to want him before you're going to change. And you know, the thing about it is, is God's not going to force himself on you. As much as he wants you, as much as he wants you to, to love him, to serve him, to be his child, he's not going to make you do it. He's not going to force you. He give us a free spirit, a free will to make our own choices. When God's power gets so strong in you that that choice is, God, I need you. I don't, I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of living like I'm living. I'm tired of doing the things I'm doing. Lord, I want you. I want to serve you. When you get to that point in your life, God says, okay, now you're ready. That's the way I got. I finally got to that point. That, God, I need you. I don't want the world. See, at one time, I thought that's what I wanted was the world. That's why I didn't go any sooner. I didn't want to give up what I had. Come to find out when I went to God, He gave me so much more than what I gave up. I don't miss any of it. That's the way God is. He filled my life with so much. And that's what He wants to do with every single one of us. He wants to fill our lives. He wants to make us hungry for Him. He wants to make us want Him. He wants to make us serve Him. You know, I've told the, the, the church here many times, that I've had people, you know, question. Okay, you, got, you say your God is a loving God. Why does your loving God send somebody to hell? I just simply told them, my God didn't send anybody to hell. They sent their self. He made the way for you to escape. But you chose hell. And all he's doing is abiding by your wishes. You want hell more than you want heaven. And like I told the church before, if people in hell could change their mind right now, hell would be empty. Hell would be empty. Hell is terrible. That's what Jesus Christ himself told us. You do not want to go there. You don't want to go there. God wants to be such a part of our life. Israel. God had to change a bunch of Israel. And he's still changing them. You know, on your Jewish people, they're still, they're still kind of split there. You've got your Orthodox Jewish person and you got your Jewish person that believes in Jesus Christ. Some of you Jewish people still only believe and, and use the first five chapters of the Bible. No more. The Old Testament, they're still going by the law. What's the Orthodox Jew? But that Jew that has fully accepted Christ, he believes in Jesus Christ, he believes Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for him. He believes on that third day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He believes right now that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God in heaven, interceding for him. Jesus said for us to come to him, we must believe in him. He told us that there is no other way for us to come to the Father but through him. He told us, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to, to the Father but by me or through me. In other words, through your faith in me that I am the Son of God. 
that I died for your sins, that I lived for you, that I'm still living for you, that I love you, and I'm here for you. When we can believe that, God can change your life. God doesn't really expect you to, to be changed all that much when you come to me. It's after you come to me. And you get to studying about him, reading about him, knowing about him. That's when a man really changes. That's when the man really changes. But here he said, I have called you by your name. God knows each and every one of our names. He knows who you are. He knows what you've done, where you've been, who you've been with, everything else. But do you know He still loves you? Do you know He's still waiting for you to say, well, Father, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And immediately, you're forgiven. And you can come into the presence of God. And, uh, but here, here God is telling him, uh, <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> He's telling us that I love you. I'm giving you my promises and my word on what I want to do in your life. And in Isaiah 43, 2. Do you realize, I, I don't know if y'all were like me or not. I, when I first came to God, I thought, hey, boy, everything's going to be great. No more problems, no more troubles. It's going to be a free ride. Was I ever wrong? I had the devil hit me harder than I ever been hit. Is when I said yes to Jesus. And he still hit me. But I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. I'm not going to fall for his lies and his tricks and his schemes. Because I know what they are. And... Uh, but we're going to go through things. And God knows this. And he gives us a passage here. It's Isaiah 43, 2. And I probably, you've probably all been through this. It says here, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You're not going to drown. I'm going to have you. And when you go through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. But I'm with you. And through, the river, and through the rivers, they, they shall not overthrow you. And when you walk through the fire, anybody been walking through the fire lately? You got problems? You've been going through the fire. I think we all do. But it says here, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. When you come out of that fire, you're not even going to have the smell of smoke on you. Because God has your hand. Well, Bill, what is this? What does he mean when you go through the waters? Jesus, God here is referring back to something. When you go through the waters, he's referring back to the Red Sea. When you pass through that Red Sea, I made the way. I opened the sea for you to pass through. It says they passed through the Red Sea on dry ground to the other side. After they crossed, the Egyptian army was right on them. God closed the Red Sea back on those 
on that on the Egyptian army. Drowned every one of them. He saved his people. I'll show you something here in the end in a minute. But he saved them. And he says, and when you pass through the rivers, again, what is God talking about? God's talking about when they passed through the Jordan River, going to the Promised Land. It was at flood stage when they got there, to that river. God had the priest walk up to that river. Soon as the sole of their shoe hit that river, it stopped flowing. The walls of that river walled up, just like the Red Sea, and they passed over on dry ground. See, God was with them. He knew what was going on. He was protecting them. He's protecting us still today. They made it across that river on dry ground, and then after they got across that river, closed back up. When you walk through the fire, I think all of us probably know what that is. They're talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they had to, when they were thrown into that oven because they wouldn't bow down to an idol. They wouldn't bow down to that idol. They said, no, we're not bowing down to that idol. The king got so mad, Nebuchadnezzar took and told him, told his men, said, heat that oven seven times hotter than it's ever been heated. He was angry. Throw them in that oven. Those soldiers were trying to throw them in the oven. A number of those soldiers died. The heat was so intense. They threw those three Hebrew children in the oven. Nebuchadnezzar looked down in there. He made a statement. He said, did not we throw three into that oven? He said, but I see four. And one looks like the Son of God. The Shekinah glory of God protected. The Shekinah glory of God was in there and he protected those three children from that fire. There is nothing impossible for God. Nothing. When you're going through things, remember, my God can do everything. Nothing is impossible for him. Sometimes I think God says, hey, don't you believe I am who I say I am? Then why are you not asking me for bigger things? You don't think I can do it? You don't think I can do it? Try asking God for what you really, really need. What you really want. I don't care how big it is. Nothing is too big for God. He can do things so much more than our imagination will allow us to even think about. We're not asking God for the things we really need. We're not asking God for those big things. It's going to change your life. And God wants to change your life. I'll tell you what, we got a family sitting back here. I knew their mom real well. Annie Price. She's been gone what, five, six years? Well, they're here today. I had more time with that. I'd go to her house. 
lived down here on Orville Circle. And I'd go to knock on the door or something. She'd say, come on in, Bill, it's open. I'd go in. She'd get you a cup of coffee. I'd go there, give me a cup of coffee. Come on here and sit down. We need to talk. I'll tell you what, that woman was not shy about her God. She was not shy. She stood up for her God and what she believed. She'd tell you in a moment. I enjoyed my visits with her. I think I probably learned some stuff from her. But I'd go visit, and sometimes I'd be there quite a while just talking. And when it's come time for me to go, she said, all right, Bill, get over here. Get over here. We're going to pray. I said, yes, ma'am, we are. And we pray. That woman could pray. She could pray. Because she loved her God. She loved her God. And she was not ashamed of it. She was not ashamed of her God, and she'd tell any of you about her God. I said, you're not ashamed of your God, and I love that. She said, no, I'm not ashamed of my God, because he told me if I'd be ashamed of him, he'd be ashamed before me. She loved the Lord. That's what we all need to be. I wish we all knew and loved the Lord like she did. I know she's in heaven. I know she's right there. She's probably she's probably correcting Jesus on some things. And if she thought she was right, she'd do it. She was a very special lady. A lady full of love. She loved her family with no end. And I know they all loved her. But that's the way God is. He's full of love. And he puts his love in us. He puts his love in us. So other people can see him through us. You realize that people, if they know you're a Christian, they really look at you. Some of them watch you, see how you're going to handle a situation. Are they going to get mad? They're going to get angry? They're going to start cussing? What are they going to do? How are they going to handle it? Just stay calm. Jesus is in control. He's in control. He can speak the word and everything's going to be fine. He can speak the word and it's all going to be all right. But, but, but there's going to be tribulation that's going to come to every one of us. And Jesus is watching over us. This last scripture, well, I say of Isaiah here. It's, listen to what he says. He says, this is Isaiah 43, 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He's telling Israel exactly who he is. He's telling Israel exactly who he is. And then listen to what he says here. And I gave Egypt for your ransom. Ethiopia and Seba for you. I gave up them for you. 
What do you mean? How did he give up Egypt? Do y'all realize that when, when, when God told Egypt, the Pharaoh, let my people go, he meant it. He meant it. If, if the Pharaoh had not have let all the Israelites go, if it had been necessary, God would have destroyed every bit of Egypt because of his people, his love for his people. God's still working on our half today. Some of us in here, we don't have any idea how many times God's intervened in our life to keep us out of, out of a problem or to save us from something. See, God loves us just like he does Israel. He sees us like he sees Israel. Here in Romans chapter 10, verse 12, Listen to what it says. This is, this is God speaking. He says, For now there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek or the Gentile. For the same Lord over all is rich and to all that call, call upon him. Jesus now pays no partiality between the Jew and the Gentile. We are the Gentile. Well, what is a Gentile? The Jewish people said a Gentile was, was anyone that was not Jewish. Or sometimes we was called dogs. There was a lot of times that the Jewish people were angry at the Gentile. We come in and accepted Jesus Christ when the Jews were refusing him. We were grafted in as a Jew. He loved us as a Jew. Because we first loved him. Or he first loved us and we loved him. He didn't turn us away. He accepted us. What does the graft in mean? You've ever seen a graft on a tree where they cut a limb off and, and add a limb to it and then tape it up where it grows out of that tree? We were grafted in to the Jewish people. We became, we became part of them in God's eyes. We were grafted in to God's love and His mercy. He'll do for you exactly what He'll do for the Jewish people. God's trying to tell us we need Him in our life if we want to survive, if we want eternal life. We need to have God in our life. That's the only way. As all of y'all know, Saturday, Israel was attacked by Hamas. They said about 200 or so rockets hit Israel. A lot of death, a lot of destruction. Now Israel is retaliating back. I heard one of the commentators that talked about this say something. And I think he's probably as right as anything I've ever heard him say. They said, these Hamas people do not realize what they have just done. They have just opened the gates of hell for themselves. 
is going to be so hard and so hard and, 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 and so tough on them for what Israel is going to do. They're going to retaliate like they never believed. Last time Israel retaliated was that seven-day war or six-day war. Israel was begging, not Israel, but the, the, the Palestinians were begging other states to intervene, to stop them. They're, they're destroying us. Well, Israel showed mercy. I don't know if Israel showed mercy this time. They killed a lot of their women, their children, hit in residential areas. I think what I would say is what you really need to do right now is keep your eyes on the eastern sky. That's, when Je that's where Jesus is coming back. Right now, I can just imagine how furious and how mad Jesus is over what has just happened to his people. It was all, this was during a time when Israel was celebrating the holy days. They kind of let their defenses down. And that's not like Israel. But this was all planned very carefully. And we don't know the counts yet or how many fatalities or anything right now there are. They're still digging them out of crumbling. Uh, rubble and everything else. But I guarantee you one thing. They, these Hamas are going to pay with a very big price. If they knew the weapons, the technology that Israel has and what they can do Israel has, if they have to, they have nuclear. We don't know what's going to happen, but God does. I know God's angry. Over for, the, for what they've done to his people, his creation, the people he chose to be his people. So now, we just have to wait and see what's going to take place. It's not going to be nice, it's not going to be pretty, and it's not going to be pleasant. But God is still with Israel. God has not abandoned Israel. He never will. But He is with them. And I think as a church, we need to pray for Israel. To ask God to intervene in this, which I feel like he's going to, because this is his people. I know Israel's praying to him. Many other countries are praying to him. Because this here could be something very, very serious that is going to affect you. you know, we know we're close to the end times right now close to it. When we start looking at God's Word and what they say, the things to look for, the things to notice, we're there. We're there.
I'm going to ask if band will, if they will just come up. If you feel like that you want a closer walk with God, we've got altars up here if you want to, to come up and kneel down and pray to God. Just ask you, Lord, I need you. Come into my life. He hears you. If you've got something going on in your life, maybe a sickness or something, and you just like to be prayed for, I'll be glad to anoint you with oil and pray over you. But every single one of us need a touch from God. Every single one of us. To touch us, just let us feel His presence. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. Whatever you go through, I will be there. So I'm going to ask the band if they would to play, to play if you need to. I'll ask you to come up if you want to pray and just get with God for a minute. Please do. If you've got something going on in your life and you just like to have a prayer and be anointed with oil, I'll be glad to do that. So if y'all would play and then... <coughs> Thank <laughs> you.